Welcome to the We Shape Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hey. We have an in-person guest today, my favorite. I, mean, no, I love it when you get to see somebody's eyes right next know. to you and you can <laughs> talk to them. Uh, I'm just going to welcome Marilyn. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It feels good to be back. Yeah, Marilyn's been here before. Uh, Marilyn is one of our We Shape coaches. Uh, we are in the process of adding her into our We Shape product as one of the coaches. So, it's the a, long, painstaking process. It's of, a huge yeah. project to add in yeah. a coach. It's, it's going to be so worth it, though. It's 9,000 video files that they have to create and set up and code. and yeah. Exactly. One day it's going to happen. It's in the queue. It's there. So in the future, if you're here in the WeShape product, you will sign in and you will have the option to choose working out with Coach Tyler or Coach Marilyn. But so I, if you're sick of working out with Coach Tyler, you, <laughs> can, you can come. Can I share? I'm Suddenly just, there's just a mass migration. <laughs> I'm just going to share. Like You should do it. Share. Yeah. One of the people who sits on our board is is um, a woman who's a dear friend of mine. And she and I were doing the workout to go through like a product review. And I was like, we got to get Marilyn in here. Like, I love you so much, but I can't, I can't live with you and work out with you and work with you. And I just got to have a little tiny gap. Um, so I'm very excited. I'm Probably the most excited for Marilyn to be in the product. Um, then but I can use the product and not look like a total narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> it is very bizarre. To it, and to, I've seen our, him do what, it. What a weird model for our children to walk in and watch their dad working out to himself. Like that's just bizarre. <laughs> oh anyway, it's okay. We we have so <laughs> many reasons. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say I'll probably work out to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah girl. Let's go. I'm really here for that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm less here for Tyler doing it, but I'm good, girl. I'm really here yeah. for you doing it. I like it. Um, but I really wanted to have Marilyn come back because when she was here last, um, she really shared her journey and some really scary things that happened to her um, with her health. And a lot of people commented on our social media around, like, I've been experiencing the same thing or – so I want to revisit her story a little bit um, because she, you know, you almost lost your life and mm. it was really significant and it really plays into this theme that we talk a lot about at We Shape, which is one of our goals here is, is not to have people do a fad workout or a fad diet or a fad anything. It's to learn how to connect with themselves on a deeper level and have a deeper connection with their body. And through that process, people learn how to better advocate for themselves, how to show up for themselves, to take care of themselves in a different way. Trust themselves. To trust themselves, trust. to yeah. make themselves a priority. And I think especially for people who identify as female, um, there is just this cultural subconscious even expectation that we just show up for everybody else. And today is actually, um, it's really ironic that we're doing this podcast today. So I mentioned when, when you shared your story last time that uh, my cousin uh, passed away when she was 38 years old and had four children. And today was the day of her passing, actually. Mm. Wow. And um, I woke up this morning and saw that on my calendar and was like, wow, this is not a freaking coincidence. This is not a coincidence. Because um, she was the biggest advocate I ever knew for her children, but self-advocacy was something she deeply struggled with. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it did cost her her life. And so... Um, and it was such a similar story, too. And It was a very similar story. In that story. she had these symptoms. She was experiencing these symptoms, and she went to the doctor, and they're like, here, take these drugs, and like, it's not a big deal. And then 
just one day out of nowhere, her heart her stopped. Heart stops yeah. And they could have caught it years ago. And mm -hmm. you know, it was a really harsh reality to experience such a such a sudden death for such a young woman who who had very young children. Mm -hmm. And then hearing your story and sort of the oh my gosh, like that could have been you, and like that could be so Absolutely. many other people. Like it it reminded me after that experience, like wow, like I this is part of my job here at We Shape is to help. Uh, people, especially people who identify as female, to really learn what self-advocacy means. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that we're recording this on the anniversary of her path passing. And um, I just want to continue to deliver that message. It's been such an important reminder for me. And um, before we share your story, I even had this thought around, you know, when my older daughter was five, she had a weird infection that we didn't know what it was. And uh, we, we took her to the emergency room and her oxygen was very low and they rushed her back and they assured us she would only have to stay in the hospital for a day. And one day turned into two to three to four to five to six to seven to eight. Oh. And um, I remember the level of advocacy I had for her, like when they weren't able to give us any answers. I was already on the phone with Stanford. I was calling other doctors. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was like, I'm the doctor now. Like, uh, we <laughs> yes. will figure Listen this shit out. Me. Yeah, yes. no, like for real. Yeah. Um, the level of advocacy I had around like, we will figure out what's happening was so high. And I just had this thought this morning, like what if every woman offered themselves that? Mm. Like what mm. a different, I mean, if we advocated for ourselves the way we do for our children, so true. Because we all do it for our kids. We all do it. <laughs> but we don't do it for ourselves. This is a, this is a big deal. I was on um, uh, one of our challenge coaching calls uh, last week. And, um, you know, we kind of opened the floor for people to share their experiences about resetting a more meaningful intention. Yes. So instead of showing up for your workout because you want to lose some belly fat or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like, why are you really here? And as people started sharing, that theme just emerged. It was just, I'm 60 years old. I am like realizing I need to show up for myself and I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Or like when I try to do that, I have to like justify it. Yeah. I have to say, well, after I, I had, to, I did this and this and this for everybody else. And now I can like go do this one thing for me. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to see people, um, unable to show up for and advocate for their own needs because they feel like the most important thing to do is take care of everyone else, you know? Yes. And it's just sad. So yeah, Marilyn, I know we, we've shared the story before, but I think it's important to share it again. So maybe you can give us just, you know, a little bit more of your story. Like tell us, for those who haven't heard, like tell us what happened to you and, and, and kind of a little bit of your journey. Okay. So I'm glad to be back. Um, in 2016, I, well, 2015, I started coughing and I coughed for like eight months and I kept going to urgent cares. I didn't have a normal doctor at the time. And they would tell me that it was the new climate. I had a cold. It was desert fever or something. And so I got cough medicine over and over, but the cough wouldn't go away. Well, during this time, I was also gaining weight, a lot of weight, 80 pounds in a year. Um, I finally got established with the Veterans Hospital. Mm -hmm. And I went in for some allergy shots, and the cough was there present. And the allergist said, well, how long have you been coughing? And I said, like, eight months. And she's like, that's not normal. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't normal. But, again, I was working. I had kids. I just didn't think to press it more. Mm -hmm. So she sent me for a chest x-ray thinking it was pneumonia. Mm. And before I even got halfway down the freeway, they called me back and said, you need to come back in. And it was my heart. So they put me into a room, did an echocardiogram, and my heart was operating at 15%. Oh, that's so scary. And so, um, how did you feel in that moment? 
very scared. Yeah. <laughs> I was very, very. And I you mean, had two children at I home. I had two children. Yeah. Like, and I also thought it was pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that the urgent cares weren't catching it. So when this doctor said it's probably pneumonia, I thought that's what it is. Um, and so when they put me in this room and did this echocardiogram, they told me I wouldn't know the results for a little while. But as I was getting ready to leave, the radiologist said, don't get dressed. Mm. And so that, you know, when a doctor's come in right away, a specialist, you know there's something wrong. Um, and I remember tearing up, being extremely scared, thinking my kids are at home by themselves right now. They were mm. teenagers, but they're home by themselves. And I have a doctor coming in about my heart. Um, and at that point, they told me that it wasn't, you know, operating right. And they started talking transplant right away. And I knew that was weird, too. Like, who goes straight to talking transplant yeah. on your first visit? Wow. So I knew it was really serious. Um, they sent me, well, they drained off fluid, um, kept me in the hospital until I was able to get some of that. There was a lot of fluid, like 30 pounds around my heart. Oh, my gosh. They got the fluid off my heart, and they sent me home on medicine, um, and it just was a whole different world for me from that point on. Um, I had been working, and I still was working. I was an air traffic controller. So a very stressful I was job. say low stress, <laughs> yeah. slow pace. Yeah. Yeah. A very Work st- from home if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a very, I have a funny story about that. A very stressful job. And I was commuting two hours each way. And <gasps> four I have, hours a day? Four hours a day, 10-hour oh hour shifts with a heart that was operating at 15%, coming home, taking care of my children, and repeating it four days a week. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know. I mean, I did it because I worked. Mm. And so pretty soon after that, I was medically retired because you have to pass a flight physical. And that wasn't going to happen anymore. But I worked the, um, I worked for the government, and they actually let me work from home as an air traffic controller. I just did paperwork. On Zoom? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did paperwork just so that they could keep me employed until my oh. retirement went through. So mm. they really took care of me. That's oh, great. that's great to hear. Um, that was, yes, they took care of me, and that allowed me to take care of myself mm. because I was at home. And so my journey to get better, I didn't want a heart transplant. Um, but I also couldn't do much of anything. Mm-hmm. And so like I've shared before, my journey started walking to the mailbox, which is less than a block. Um, I would walk to the mailbox every day and walk back, be winded and in the bed <laughs> afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I got to build my heart muscle because I was an athlete growing up and I knew that, you know, you train your muscles. Yeah. The heart's a muscle. You know how few people think like that when it comes to the heart, right? Yeah. They just don't think of it as something that you want to build a lot of strength and yeah, power. Yeah, you got to train it. You got to train it, yeah. And so, and that's what I did for the next five years. I've been training, well, it's been six now. I've been training my heart, and it's much better. Um, I'm at about 55% operational, which is almost normal, 60 is normal. Um and I train it. I do cardio. I lift. I do functional fitness. Mm-hmm. I play football. I hike. I swim. I do everything. And my heart is very, very strong. That's so good to hear that you're yeah. fine. <laughs> that. But yeah. I, I just, you know, what, I mean, I know that during that time you were probably really processing a lot of mm-hmm. just like, I have to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. But have you had any points since then where you feel like you've reflected on like, wow, like, maybe something was calling me inside that something wasn't right or like can you look back and see where you where you were dismissed yes and um, like to maybe share a little bit about that well i think the they said that the heart problems probably went back to when my children were very young oh wow um 
and I would go to the doctor for different things. Mm-hmm. Some of it was sleep issues. Some was I, they would tell me I had asthma one week and then I didn't have asthma. A lot of doctors were guessing what was wrong with me. Yeah. When I finally found the cardiologist who I love, she went through my medical records for like 20 years. And she showed me back when I was 19. She's like, you were already having heart issues. <gasps> wow. But nobody was telling you. Like, they weren't putting everything they together. Like the dots. Mm-hmm. But she's like, looking at everything you were complaining about, your heart was already mm. giving you trouble. And so it probably came from after I had my first daughter. Okay. There's a thing called um, cardiomyopathy. I'm not sure. But it's after you have a baby, it's cardiomyopathy. I see. I have cardiomyopathy dilated. But a lot of women get it right after having babies. Mm -hmm. But I was never uh, treated for it, so it probably just got worse over time. Um, But even though I felt, like, looking back, like, I thought when I got to California, I felt terrible. But after I finally stopped working and I got home and I was taking care of myself and I looked back, I had been feeling terrible for a very, Mm. very long time. Yeah. And kind of like you said with um, your cousin. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, you're taking care of your kids. You're taking care of your husbands. You're taking care of the people you work with. And you just learn to deal with it. You push through everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks, everyone would say, oh, you're super woman. Mm. And they reward you for it, right? And they yeah. reward you for yeah. it. Oh, my God. I think one of the hardest things to break free from is uh, a narrative that you will participate in that you receive external validation from. Yeah. That Achievement, is the, fame, that is, success. And yeah. I can't super help but think of, I, I've, talked about this woman on the podcast before, but I always want to give her a shout out because she just came out with a cool deck that Nina actually got me for my birthday, and she has a really cool book. Her name is Teresa Hershey, and she has um, uh, her Instagram social is The Nap Ministry, and she has a book called Rest is Resistance, and it talks about a lot of things around sexism and racism and different Mm -hmm. ways that our culture breeds sort of this grind mentality Mm -hmm. and how it like really is not healthy for us as a culture. And Mm -hmm. she, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she has the best content. And I have her little cards and I put them all around the office. It's like, (laughs) you know, like I don't even. There's one behind you. Oh, what does it say? (laughs) I will imagine what my body needs. I will daydream for freedom. So she just has like different perspectives that allow us to say like, they allow, she gives people permission to rest and to do it as a form of resistance for this grind culture that keeps people small and that keeps like sort of like capitalism, racism, sexism going. Like she's like, this is what contributes to it. And you're praised and validated for it, but it's actually not helping anybody. So it's kind of like, again, it's, it's understanding that we're getting validation for giving, 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 and we're actually harming ourselves. And so to just- step outside of that validation and be able to recognize that's actually not healthy and to be able to come back to yourself. Like I just love to promote anyone who's producing content like Mm -hmm. that because it just is such an opportunity to open your mind to a new perspective. And so do you feel like you have such a different um, place in terms of what self-advocacy means for you now? Absolutely. Like what does that look like now? I'm number one. Yes. I'm number one. I love it. I love love my children. Mm -hmm. I love them. But I'm number one. Mm. And there's nobody else in this world that will ever come before me ever again. And it it took me almost dying. And I tell people, like, because I live my life very open now. I do what I want to do. When I want to do, I stay in the bed. I rest. Mm. When I'm tired, 
I rest. And I don't care if that means I stay in my pajamas all day long and binge watch TV or read or whatever. I'm going to do it because it's for me. And I've actually had people complain, like, that's all you did all day? Yeah, it is. And I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel really good about it. So, yeah. um, How How did you make the shift, right? Because I noticed that a lot of people have that internal voice that says, rest more or take more time away. And then the judgment kicks in. Oh, but you can't because of this. And you can't because of that. And you got to take care of this. You got to take care of that. How did you make that shift? I think it just clicked when I looked back and I was hearing I was going to have a heart transplant. Mm. And I wasn't sure I would make it through the transplant because I felt like I had cheated death for this long, that mm. I wasn't going under the knife for that. And I said, if you keep me here, I'm going to live life unapologetically. I'm going to take care of me, and I'm going to treat myself as this is my second chance. Mm. And so believing that, that it's my second chance, I, I don't put up with anything. I mm. just, you know, I made myself the priority. And I've lost people in my life for that reason. And I've gained some really good people for mm, that reason. That's, we always talk about the people we lose, but the we lose, don't talk yeah. about yeah. the people that we gain. Because the people that you lost, I mean, they might have served a great role in your life at one every, point, yes. but but maybe they weren't the person that needed to be there. Exactly. I feel that. that everybody has a season in your life. Mm. Mm. And so I have no issues with anybody. They served a purpose, and I hopefully served a purpose to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, you know, our season was over. See you later, pal. (laughs) You know, I, uh, at the end of last year, I went with a friend for four or five days away and we set really strong intentions Mm -hmm. to rest Mm -hmm. and to not fill the schedule with anything. And, and we just, we, you could tell that we felt a little bit like, oh no, this is like really like too much. Like you're going to get in trouble. A little bit. (laughs) And we would stay in bed for like 14 hours a day Mm -hmm. and we would like order food in and like we watched a whole series and we did so much reading and. We just hadn't, and, and I remember coming back from that trip going like. Feeling revived? I'm a new person. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, and I forget, like I really felt like a new person. And I forget, and I keep telling her, okay, so this next coming year, do we get that week? And I'm like, we actually can give ourselves permission to do some of that every day. Yeah. And I think that we just don't have, I think, it, I think, I think we have a couple ways that we mm-hmm. can do this. We can go down a path, unfortunately, like yours, that kind of jolt you into yes. like you're making an overnight change. Or we can acknowledge that that path is possible if we don't take small actions towards practicing that now. Um, I think if no, if people aren't faced with a huge health scare like that, um, and they're not faced with a life mm-hmm. or death situation, they, oh, I can't do that overnight. Don't do that overnight. That's fine. But recognize that this is an option and mm-hmm. start taking care of yourself in a new way, which slowly over time will 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 develop. And like even Tyler and I have been doing things like we have like we've tried to do this. We might not have been good. <laughs> but like just Practice. talking about it is like, okay, there has to be one day a month on the weekend where, the, where we tell the children you're not going anywhere, no one's coming over, uh, we're just going to stay home. And, like, I printed out things that they could do. So when they say they're bored, I'm like, go look at the list and you can pick something from the list. But there's just no pressure to be anywhere, yes. no pressure to do anything. We're just going to be. And I think we don't live in a culture that really 
especially now with technology that really allows that opportunity to, to just be, not be somewhere, not yes. have someone come over to your house, just just to allow yourself to like legitimately rest. Yes. And so I just, I, I want to encourage people that, you know, you don't have to face what you face. You can, you can take small, this is like beyond making sure you check in with the doctor, although this is just let's just pause and say reminder if you haven't seen a doctor in the last year Go it's time one. for a physical <laughs> yes. so if there's a voice in the back of your yeah. head saying and something. if you it see that go. doctor and you don't feel like they hear you all the way like you're like oh i'm saying something but i don't really feel like they're seeing me it's okay to find a new doctor doctors are practicing medicine practicing. they do amazing work but they're practicing and so I think it's important to find a doctor mm -hmm. that you feel really advocates for and you feel seen and heard. Yes. Um, but in addition to that, taking these small steps in our day-to-day -day lives allow us that space to listen to our body, yes. allow us that practice of self-advocacy, allow us to not let other people's opinions and yes. beliefs override our own internal wisdom and knowing. Yeah, you said something earlier that I thought was pretty powerful, which was, I thought I felt bad when I got to California, but when I reflect on it, I felt bad a lot earlier than that. And that kind of goes into what you're saying is, you know, the way out from not caring for yourself is mm -hmm. to take some action, even if it's just tiny and start building yeah. that momentum. But we don't realize that we got to this position by slowly sacrificing little slowly, pieces of ourselves. Yeah. You know, it starts when we're a kid and they say, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You should do this yeah. or you're selfish or whatever. Yeah. And we start to lose our ability to advocate for self. And then it just, slowly but surely they're just taking us away from ourselves and so it's like how do we start building back towards that right hey there if you're enjoying the we shape podcast and you've heard us talk about we shape before then you're probably thinking to yourself hey what is we shape well at we shape we create personalized at-home workouts for every single one of our members these are workouts where every single movement is customized to you to help you connect with your body and care for your body in a much more meaningful way we also have a community of people there to support you, to help uplift you as you examine your beliefs, set new intentions, and again, start showing up for yourself as an act of self-care rather than trying to do your workouts as an act of self-judgment. And hey, if you're a fan of the podcast, we also do a live podcast discussion group on Zoom, as well as other Q&As, as well as free challenges for all of our members to help you get motivated to actually start taking action to caring for yourself so you can feel better in your body and about your body. So if you want to try WeShape for free for two full weeks, go to WeShape.com backslash podcast and you can get started today. I can think yeah. back to when I was a teenager and, and even in college, I would like every time a final exam was done, I would um, be sick for like two weeks. And it was like mm. I was just holding on just to get it all done. And, yeah. and even as in high school, my friends were like out having fun. I think I worked like almost every day. And then I was like doing – and then I, I swear every semester at the end of the semester, I would get sick and get like bronchitis for two yeah. weeks. And it was like, uh, that's an unhealthy pattern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just to look back. I think that's a good point to reflect yeah. and look back and say like, when did I feel great in my life? When did I feel rested? When did I feel full of energy? When did I have mental clarity? And what was I doing in my life at that time to provide that? And if you've never felt that, that's a huge red flag. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I don't, I can't think to when, maybe when I was a child. Yeah. Um, but from the time I became an adult and I started working and I had kids, I can't think to when I felt at peace and I was clear and my mental state was perfect and physically I was, yes, I was working out, but even then, like I would work out and I'd wear a heart monitor and my heart rate would be like 190. Um, wow. And in like Orange Theory Fitness, they'd be like, oh my gosh, your heart rate. And I'm like, oh, it's just normal. That's how it is. 
But looking mm. back, that wasn't normal. Mm. <laughs> I think there's something yeah. that needs to be said here too, which is, um, you know, I'm obviously on a motherhood journey. I'm, you guys can't see, but I'm very round right now, <laughs> baby on the way. But, um, you know, I, I came across, and it's so funny to say that it was like a meme, but it was like a piece of information on my Instagram that I scrolled past, and it said like this woman had gone to the doctor repeatedly, 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 mm-hmm. right after having a baby. I don't feel quite right. Something's mm-hmm. kind of wrong. And they were like, welcome to motherhood. Yeah. You're supposed <gasps> to kind of feel like you shit. hear that all And the I'm time. like, oh, my God. And it turned out she had a really significant problem with her health. I don't remember exactly what, but maybe if that had happened differently <laughs> and they hadn't been like, you're supposed to be tired, you're supposed to feel depleted, yeah. you're supposed to feel like crap, like maybe we would have a little bit more awareness around like, oh, wow, you know, I actually am allowed to, to try to feel good yeah. again, even again, though this yes. is also really hard. And I mean, I like just, you and I have been talking, like especially more recently as you were getting more and more uncomfortable when you texted me the other day and I was like, <laughs> are you doing okay? And you're like, well, I had this thing going off my pelvis and it just feels like it's cracking and breaking when I walk. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> but I'm great. <laughs> and I, I replied back to her, I said, did you text your midwife? And she's like, well, I'll see her in a couple weeks. And I was like, no. girl. I'm walked. seeing a chiropractor in case anyone is upset I about that. I walked into Nina's house the other day and she she looks at me and she's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh, it's going all right. How about you? She's like, it's going great. And I kind of like was like, oh, it's not going great. My face changed. And she said, oh, what's wrong? And I was like, no, no, this is what's wrong with you. I, like, know, I, I know you were, it can tell. I thought you were sad. I thought I was sad. <laughs> I was like, I'm feeling sad you for okay? you. Oh my gosh. And I just, keep, I just keep sharing like one of the hardest, I think I was one of the first people in my friends group to have kids. And, um, and I think that one of the hardest things that I have gone through as a friend is watching some of my friends have kids because I know what's about to come. Mm. Where I'm just like, oh no, how do I, how do I like let you stay in your own lane while I'm in my own lane, but like <laughs> also like share like, how do we get you some self advocacy? Mm. Because you really do feel yes. like it's your responsibility yes. to not have self advocacy, and then you're so sleep deprived in your body, and you just we normalize it by f- through the culture, mm. and then we just don't even know what we need, and that right. that that is what baffles me is like. Tyler will tell me all the time, well, what do you need? And I freeze and I go, I don't know. And and he, he you almost can't comprehend that. And you're yeah. like, well, I can't help you unless you tell. And I'm like, but I don't know. <laughs> and so I feel the like. Answer, I just got to say this out loud. When the answer is, I don't know, th- the answer is, I need space. I need quiet. I need time to connect with me. Yes. Right. The only time we understand what we need, what we want, who we want to be, who our true selves are, is by just spending time being. Right. And the more time we get there, the more we give ourselves the freedom to think what we want to think mm-hmm. and do what we want to do. And as we do that, we go, I like this. I don't like that. Yeah. I enjoy this. I don't enjoy yeah. that. And then we can start to show up and say, here are the things that I need to feel like myself. Yes. Right. But I think, you know, this kind of bears in mind what you were saying earlier is, um, you know, you had you had this shocking situation happen and it's like you got to change. Right. Mm-hmm. And before that, sacrificing little pieces of mm-hmm. yourself along the way. And as you reflect back on that, like what, what keeps people stuck in not, in not looking at themselves and saying, I need to advocate for me. I need to take a baby step. I need to take some time, some space. What keeps people stuck in that? I can't speak for everyone else, but I know for myself, it was the pressure of everybody who knew me mm. saying, you're a super mom. Mm. You do it all. You that was work. your identity. That was my identity. Yeah. That's who I thought I was supposed to be. Mm. And so, but I realized you can be a super mom and still take care of yourself. But yeah. at that time, I didn't understand that. I was a single mom. I was a working mom. My kids were doing great. And I was very proud. And so admitting that I had my own, to me, felt like I would be letting 
other people down. Mm. And that's what really like stuck with every me. Every ounce to, of your energy had to be dedicated towards helping towards someone else. Well, it was like yeah. synonymous with self-sacrifice, yeah, it sounds it was, like. Yeah, it was, you know. And then I saw my mom and my grandmother. They were also, to me, superwomen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like, oh, I can't examples. let them down. They're my examples. I got to be just like they were, mm. you know. And so it was that I didn't want to let people down. Um, but now it's ironic because I am not, I, well, I still feel I'm super. <laughs> but, well, you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I take care of myself and I'm more about myself. Um, but I'm very vocal and transparent with my journey, mm. with how I got to here, where I'm at now, what I will and will not allow from people. And I, I share it on social media. When you talk to me, you hear it. And it is amazing how many people are inspired by that. What an incredible example And so for your it is still too. a superpower because people are like, wow, you, I mean, people I don't know will message me and be like, you know, what you said inspired me. And you don't know me, but I've gone through this and I never thought of it like that. And so in a different way, I'm still inspiring people, but that's because I'm taking care of me. Mm-hmm. And people need to see people who take care of themselves. Mm. To have this permission. Is so, this is it. This so is they you, have you nailed it. I mean, like, like the problem is, is a bunch of people are parading around mm-hmm. saying, this is what you should aspire towards. Yeah. You should be a superwoman. You should be a superman. Yeah. You've got to make money. You've got to have abs. You got to do yeah. this. You got to do that. And everybody goes, yes, that's what I got to do. <laughs> right. And they don't realize that almost everybody who is posting that content is miserable on the inside, exactly. they're empty on the inside, and they're seeking all of those things to make themselves feel whole. They don't exactly. always realize they, And you it don't know either. it. I, I, yeah. have, I have spent so much time on this path, yeah. <laughs> thinking that I was achieving, thinking that yes. I was on the right path, and then until you just, again, until you just be for a moment, yes. and you go, wait a second, I am going way down the wrong path. Yeah. It's all right, clearly it drives me insane. It, me too, and one of the things like, I mean, I love social media because I, there's so much good that comes out of mm-hmm. it. I mean, there's a lot of bad too, but you get inspired by people for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like you said, it's not these influencers that, and not that they're all bad, but that put on this big show. It's the people that are genuine mm-hmm. and that are transparent and they show their ups and their downs. Mm. Um, one of the things that really hits to my close to my heart is I enjoy um, celebrating so, and more so after my heart mm. scare. Mm. Ever since then, I You can I've live had, more, huh? Yes. And so for my birthdays, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Every year I do a huge, huge thing. No matter what the age is, I'm going to celebrate. It's a new life. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people always show up. And when, when everybody gives their speeches, they all say, you are so genuine. Mm. And I don't, I don't try, fake genuine. And I feel like people know that. And so when people tell me, I feel like I can talk to you about anything, I can listen to you, and you look around the room and there's people of all walks of life, and um, that's what I feel is a superpower. Mm-hmm. When you can bring people together, when you can be your true self, when you don't have to put on a front for people. Um, but it took, I'm, I'm being honest, I wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. People thought I was so positive and happy and like I was miserable. Mm. Physically and mentally, I was miserable. But now I'm at that place where I'm not. So. And I think you're bringing like a really valuable point. And what I what I think some of the things that maybe people can take away from your story is it sounds like if I had to guess, it sounds like you probably do less than you did before. And it sounds like you probably say no more. <laughs> yes, I do say no more. <laughs> and it sounds like you're okay with uh, not living up to other people's expectations. Absolutely. I don't know that I do less. 
I do less of things I don't want to do. Mm. Super this important is so distinction. Imp- oh my God. You, know, you know what I love about that distinction? Is that is a really important distinction. <laughs> yes. This is an important distinction because I have this belief that when people say like, oh, you know, you have a lot of energy or I don't have a lot of energy. Yeah. A lot of that is just wrapped up in either thinking everything through so much all the Mm -hmm. time and it's just like every task takes so much energy because there's all this behind the scenes happening or we're doing things that take energy away from us. And the truth is when we do things that we enjoy, it gives us energy. It gives us energy. Exactly. And it makes a huge difference on your ability to like show up and and have your life and do the things that you want. Yeah, and you you have more time. You're happier doing it. People see that you're happy. Um, And yes, saying no. I do say no. So I always was raised to be nice, always mm. be nice to people, always be nice. And in my head, being nice was saying yes, mm. bending over backwards. Even if I couldn't do it, find a way to make it happen or find somebody else to do it. I've changed that mindset to always be kind. Mm. So you can um, say no and be kind. Yeah, exactly. Big and that's like my Instagram. I made it that for a reason because I can say no. I can do it kindly but I can be kind. Yes. Um, and it doesn't put the pressure on me like, oh, you have to be nice. I have to, because nice to me, I'm like, I have to do it. Right. But I can kindly say no. And people who know you and genuinely know your heart mm-hmm. are going to be so respectful of that no. Absolutely. And it's reminding me, I did hear something last week where someone said no is a complete sentence. And I went, oh, my no's are usually filled with three paragraphs. Nope. <laughs> uh, excuses and reasons and yeah like oh that they, they'll they'll still think i'm a good person right even though i'm saying no i heard someone say that over explanation was actually a trauma response oh. yeah. so sorry for that you guys yeah yeah like you're allowed to say that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. and one of the things you kind of mentioned it earlier about the day of rest mm. um as and i don't like to preach that because again like you i had my kids earlier than everybody else so every, most of my friends have younger children and I see anxiety in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I see stress. And I see them trying to do everything with their kids every day, every activity, every. And if they're not doing something, they feel like their kids are being let down. And I try to stress it's okay to have a day of no. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have a day of just staying at home. Even if you turn the TV on, I don't care. Yeah. It's okay. Like yeah. you guys can chill out. But I see so many of my friends trying to have every minute of their life filled out and it causes more anxiety Mm -hmm. and the kids feel it (laughs) they feel it i see it Mm -hmm. and so i really try to without preaching to people just post when i'm resting Mm. and how good it makes me feel like because maybe over time people start to catch on yeah i wish i would have as a parent yeah i wish i would have learned to your kids don't always have to be occupied yeah yeah it's sanity for everybody in your house <laughs> to take a break. Well, it was funny because we had been doing a lot of uh, projects here at WeShape, and Tyler came to me and was like, what can we do for our team? Like, things have just been, I want to just say thank you. And I was like, well, let's pause and see, like, what's our intention? Like, mm-hmm. we don't really want to overwork people, and we want to create some balance. And mm-hmm. so we decided to have a company rest day. Yeah. And so everyone was like, oh, what? And I was like, let's all. And then I was like, you got to, I had to take the day too because mm-hmm. I was like, you got to lead, right? Yeah. And so, but like this idea that like, you know, I really wanted to be mindful that we weren't rewarding grind culture. Mm-hmm. That we were like, ooh, those projects were really heavy projects. Mm-hmm. We're going to put everything down. Mm-hmm. And the only requirement is that you're going to take a rest day mm-hmm. and that you're going to do something that feels restful. Yes. 
And so, because I do think we can get trapped in that, like, again, I think the hardest thing mm -hmm. is breaking a cycle or a belief that you get validation from. Yeah. Like, and so to me, it's like, I'm like, how do we mindfully just like pay attention to these things that are placed upon us as expectations? Like, I, you know, I, I, I sometimes just get so frustrated at myself that I don't even realize. Like, for instance, Tyler and I have given each other this opportunity to take one day a week a piece. Mm -hmm. When it's Tyler's day, he wakes up in the morning. He doesn't come home till the next day at five. And he says goodbye. And the children say goodbye. On my days, I always come home at four. I make sure I spend an hour or two with the kids before. Because I'm like, oh. And then sometimes I even show up the next morning at like seven in the morning. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Stop. I know, well, but I, do you see what I mean? Like I yes, find myself, I, it, yeah. I find myself do. I, it is guilt. It is guilt. I'm like, yeah. and, but I never question when you do it. I'm like, oh yeah, he's taking his day, and I'm like, but they're not going to see me for thirty hours, and da 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 da, -da and I have all these reasons in my mind why that's going to harm them. I'll, I'll contest that I never question when you do it, <laughs> but but I think that you should definitely take your time away. Well, but and, it's and just a condition. You, you should having... set a timer for yourself. Yeah. It's just a you condition. Can't come back until the time. I will tell you, that was me as a mom. Mm. My children are adults now, and they still want to be with me like this. Okay. You need to separate some. Yeah, well, my younger one is very attached to me. Yeah. And, and it, she will stay attached to you. And it, attachment's good, but you don't want a 24-year-old who's always like, I'm like, go do something. But yeah. I raised them that way. That mm -hmm. they were all, I always put them first. Yeah. And I always kept them on my hip. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, I wish I would have gave them a little. And I, I was a little better with my second daughter, and she's more independent. Mm. It's I like, think don't it's teach them to, to, don't teach them that you're going to advocate for them. Yeah. Teach them to advocate for yes. themselves. Yes, or show them. Show them how show to advocate. Them. Yes, yeah. but well, I did everything for them as far as advocating that, you know, they still expect me to be that advocator for them. And so now I'm like, at their adult age, no, no, this is how you do it. I'll yeah. help you, but this is how you need to advocate. You know, because I didn't advocate for myself, but I need them to advocate for themselves. And like we talk about this all the time, sort of this like idea behind the feminist movement of like women have a place in 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 the workspace and can have gain more financial into you know independence and freedom. And um, we've come a long way since uh, women were allowed to get their own checking accounts, which I think was only in it was in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It wasn't that but long. my point, but the problem with that we talk about this, Nina and I talk about this sometimes, is now it feels like women are expected to have financial independence, uh, huge strides in their career, mm -hmm. and still show up for their kids. Yes. And so they've done the math on this. They've done, they, they, we understand that being a mother mm -hmm. is two full-time jobs, <laughs> and then to have a career is another, it's like, okay, but the F, that's not mathing. <laughs> yeah. And so I think part of the reason I get inside my head and get the guilt is yeah. because I'm also choosing to have a career. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I feel like I can't win. It's like if I'm at home, then there's a part of me that feels uh, like kind of I want to do this other thing too. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm doing that other thing and then I try to take time from it's like it, the math doesn't always math yeah. for me. And I, yeah. and, I, and I know that that's a balance and we just have to figure out how to, to, to do mm -hmm. that. And one of the ways that I've been um, trying to combat that is that it's, it, this is hard. But like when I am with my kids, like how can I offer them really, really quality time? And yes, like intentional, intentional. time. Mm -hmm. And and that has been helping. Um, but I'm trying not to use it as more pressure to have more guilt. But mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of expectations placed on women to mm -hmm. now have careers, financial independence, and be a full-time, you know, dedicated advocate for their children. And I just, sometimes it doesn't math for me. Yeah. Well, and, and 
parenting and motherhood is not June Cleaver anymore. Yeah. You know, it's different. Like you said, we're working, we're, you know, married, we're, you know, having other, and it's okay. You know, it was different when a woman stayed home and it was normal for the woman to stay home and even then, though, I still think that woman needed a break. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> oh, sure she did. More, more, yeah. more so sure. because she needed but it wasn't, you know, that was frowned upon. Mm. Um, and I even was told when I was working, well, your break is you're going to work. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I believe that, too. Mm. I've That's not really a break. Yes, it is a <laughs> leaving my children, but it's too, you know, I'm still working. I'm working either at home or I'm working at work. It's not a break. And so we have to, as women, and I tell, and men, not just women, because I have male friends, too, who feel like they work all day, but then they got to be fathers all, you know, at night, yeah. and they got to go to every football game. Every, you have to take time for yourself. And it You is, don't want to be 40 like I was, worrying if you're about to die. Yes. And, like, so. I, I want to take an opportunity to um, shout out another book. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eve Rodsky has a book called Fair Play. And she even has a little game that she you can buy separately with all these different cards. And the whole premise of the book, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, is this division of labor at home. Mm-hmm. And that uh, our culture doesn't value the work, the what I call invisible work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, there's like, there, I, I have an incredible nanny that offers our family so much support. And we talk about this invisible work. Because I'll be like, Deborah, I see you. And I'll be like, what invisible work did you do today? And she's like, I sharpened all the pencils. So when we go out to dinner, the kids have colored pencils. I'm like, I see you. <laughs> and so I talk about this invisible work all yes. the time, but um, what she does in this book is she brings to light this invisible work. And she says we need to talk about it mm-hmm. and we need to have dedicated time where we c- connect with our partners. Yes. And it's this concept of moving from delegation mm-hmm. as, a, as a wife and a mother to uh, shared ownership. And that's very, very different. And the way I think about it is like on my computer, I have all these tabs open, right? It's like shared ownership means you get to click the X on those tabs, right? Because if you're delegating, you're still owning. And if you're still owning, it's not really true support, <laughs> right? <open. laughs> and so just, I, I share these resources mm-hmm. because I think that they open our, our mind and, and, and ability to process a different way. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to just be like, isn't it so messed up that we live in? It's like, no, there's other options. And so I highly recommend the book Fair Play if you're a parent, if you're in a partnership where you have someone who's willing to say, let's divide this, this, this. Maybe I should get you this book for you. I was baby. like, my husband's birthday's coming up. So uh, <laughs> where do I order that? Right before the baby's supposed to be born. It's just, it's just such a, it's such an interesting perspective that like, let's take a shot at, at a new way because there is unconscious invisible work that a lot of females carry in partnerships as they hold careers mm-hmm. and as they're rearing children. So shout out to, to Eve for this book. And um, I know we're coming up on time, but you know, Marilyn, I'd love for uh, you. I want to ask okay. a question though. I, I, sorry, this one's been burning in my mind, okay. right? So um, when you begin to show up for yourself, um, the world, especially the people who you were you know, showing mm-hmm. up for, goes, you're selfish. Mm. Stop being so selfish. Why did you all of a sudden become so selfish? And so I'm curious, I know for sure, I, you haven't told me, but I know for sure that this happened to you probably. And I'm sure that somewhere in your head went, am I selfish? Do I need to go back to what I was doing before? And I'm just curious, like, how did you deal with that? Because anybody who hears this podcast and goes, I'm gonna start showing up for myself, mm-hmm. is gonna do something for themselves, and somebody in their life is gonna be like, you're selfish, and that's the, that's the real decision point. You know, it's hard to take that first step of do some, doing something for yourself, it's even harder to say to the person who you could be doing something for with that time, you know, to say, you know, 
I appreciate your opinion, but I'm going to keep doing this for me. So, yes, I've heard that. Um, And with certain people who I thought were very close to me, it took me repeated times of going back and forth. Just accepting that you'd fail a little bit here and then get back on. I'd hear I was selfish, so then I would tell myself, maybe I am being selfish. This person's been in my life this long, so for them, I'll do this still. Mm. And then I would, two weeks later, like, why? no, I'm not doing that. And then I'd hear I was selfish again, and I would kind of, um, and I finally got to a point where I, the gym, working out really helped me. Like, that's where my mind, I would clear my mind, I would think about the things I was going to say and how I'd respond. Mm. And, um, and there's been a few people that I just had to block. Yeah. I had to complete, because they wouldn't accept, like, I tried to have talks and tell them where I was coming from, you know, why I feel this way now. And still it was, and I would tell you're the selfish one. I'm trying to explain to you <laughs> why I feel this way and why I'm doing this. And I'm not cutting you out. I just can't be there all the time. Like you need that. Mm. And those people who couldn't accept that, I just blocked them. Because it was easier for me to not see anything from them, mm. not hear from them. Um, and it was a hard, hard, but over repeated times of trying to make it work, I had to just block some people out of my life. And that was blocking their phone number, blocking their social media, just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And after I did that, I realized I really, you know, didn't miss it because mm. that was causing me stress. Yes. It was causing me to like think, am I selfish? Am I, you know, like, why can't they understand that? Yeah. Um, and I've seen some of those people out and about and I'm cordial and they're cordial, but it just, you know, it wasn't the right fit anymore. That's mm. so big. Um, yeah. To me, people don't understand this, that loving and showing up for mm-hmm and caring for others does not mean neglecting self, Yeah. right? You cannot neglect yourself and take care of others because when you do that, all this service that you have towards others mm-hmm. is being done because you have to, yeah. because you're supposed to, yes. because yada, yada, yada. And that builds what? Resentment, Resentment anger, yes. all this stuff. And it's like, how do we show up for others mm-hmm out of just a genuine desire mm-hmm. to serve and show up for and love others and do that because yeah. it's so fulfilling it's, and create space for ourselves yeah. and make <laughs> sure that we have time for both. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. And I'd like to have a little challenge for our listeners. Um, if you're listening to this and you're feeling inspired to try just one small thing in your life that is like, I want to show up for myself in this way, share that with us and then we can read it on the air and give other people inspiration for tiny little things. like. I, I don't even know. I'm going to offer myself 10 minutes every morning before I do anything for anybody else. Like it can be as small as 10 minutes a day. But if you're listening to this and you're feeling inspired to take action in your life in terms of showing up for yourself in a way that you haven't, please let us know what that is. Email us at podcast at weshape.com. We'll read it on the air and we'll, we'll, we'll inspire other people to hopefully do the same. So And do something. I think so many people get caught in like paralysis analysis. Like what am I supposed to be yeah. doing? What am I supposed to be living for? How do I show up for myself? And it's like, just do something. Yeah, and the then if that step. doesn't feel good, <laughs> Do something else. And yeah. if that doesn't feel good, do something else. And when you when you find something that feels really yeah. good, you're gonna be like, Oh, I wanna do that again and again. Yeah. You know? It's always one step. Like take that one step. And that's in everything, in your fitness, in your mental health, and learning a new anything new, you gotta try with one thing first. Mm. Don't try to jump fully into it and like, okay, I'm cutting everybody off today and <laughs> I only today is the day. And I yeah. only love me yeah. and from now on I'm saying no, no you can't do that because it won't work. Yeah. Pick one thing you're going to do to improve your quality of life. 
Mm. And it has to be something simple, something that you can do consistently. Yes. And then when you've mastered that, pick something else. Love that. And that's over time, you'll get to a point where you're advocating for yourself more and others see that you're loving yourself more. And most people are going to be happy for you. Those who aren't, Probably shouldn't be there in the they first place. They shouldn't be there. And the reality is, is when they're not happy for you, that means they just, they don't know how to show up for themselves. They're yeah. trying to get everyone else to show yeah. up for they them. They might be triggered by you showing yeah. up for yourself. Yeah. 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 You're shining your candle bright and yeah. saying, shine with me. And they're yeah. like, I don't want to. I don't want to shine. Don't wanna shine. And, and that doesn't mean they won't shine later. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. They may shine later. That's okay. But um, you keep shining bright because people are watching. Well, you know what, Marilyn? We're so grateful that you can't, you flew all the way here and <laughs> you, you are joining us in person to deliver a really important message. And um, thank you so much for your time thank and you. for your story. Thank you. Um, thank you. Check us out at WeShape.com if you're interested in joining our community. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com challenge to sign up.